They're evil. Set signs of evil. Scandal. World famous. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna. Welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, that's, guys. That's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> Round table show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSA. And welcome back to another very exciting episode of the Roundtable Show live right here on PSN Radio. Of course, as always with you, I am part of the Roundtable, a.k.a. the Jackal. And uh, with me, joining me tonight is the one, the only, the man with one name. Well, actually, he's got multiple names, but on this show, he goes under <laughs> only Zod Ryder. Zod Ryder, uh, Joseph Todd. That will be your second name. Joseph Todd, a.k.a. Zod Ryder. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? It's great to be here tonight. I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. Yes, sir. You sound happy to be here. And, of course, with us, as usual, bringing in the news and, of course, bringing in the attitude and the good vibes. The one, the only, Johnny Alpha. Welcome to the Roundtable, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. I got my black suit on, if you know what I mean. I'm chilling. Yes, sir. Wait, did you come back from, like, a funeral or something? What's going on? Oh, no, I came back from the dead. Like, it had mother boxes, all kinds of neat shit. Now i got a black suit on. It's cool. Nice, nice, nice. So, Johnny awesome. Alpha, what's his secondary name? Uh, Johnny Mnemonic, uh, Robot Todd. Three, uh, that's cool. Captain Monterey Jack. I mean, you Four. pick it, you, you, whatever you I, want. I like that last one, Captain Monterey Jack. That's... Because I'm a cheesy guy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it rolls right off the tongue. It's, it's very clever. Of course, I am the Jackal, a.k.a. Angel Espino, because my real name is my fake name, if you know what I'm saying, Superman, Clark Kent, and uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman. With us, uh, you know, in spirit, but not in physical form this week, is Mr. Cold Cuts, because uh, somebody ran over his computer laptop, and uh, the poor man has uh, nothing to file back but his cell phone, and it sounded like he was going against the wind tonight, and it, it, it was like he was in a wind tunnel. Like, it sounded bad. We love you, Cold Cuts. What about our homie Cali guy? Is, is he out in the wind? Is he, is he might going to call in maybe? You well, know? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be, because <laughs> honesty is the best policy here on the Roundtable Show, and we preach honesty every single Sunday that we're live. Unless we're not live, then we're, we lie our asses off. But the times we are live, uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys, he might join us during the second hour when he's, you know, away from... You know? Oh, okay. Okay. I, now, that's wonderful. <laughs> no idea what that was, but cool. Uh, I hope he gets away from it safe and sound. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, graspy voice night. So you gotta be a partner with me. I don't have it. You know, I'm saying like down to perfection tonight. So are you going to be singing tonight? Because, like, last last week, you we had a lot of singing from you, and it was kind of off-putting. Like, are you going to be singing again tonight by any chance? Just, like, a little warning for the rest of us? Just the three of us, and when we ride. There you go. 
that's the uh, that's the extent of my vocals uh, for the night. Okay, I'm singing. That's good. Yeah, yeah we can check that. Unless I get inspired again. I might inspire you, man, because, like, I got to tell you, like, I watched something really cool this week. I mean, we talked about it a couple shows ago, but it finally came out on DVD, and I picked it up, and, I dude, like, I saw the new Puppet Master film, and I really liked it. Like, it was way better than I expected. I, I thought it was just going to be kind of a spoof, but it's actually, like, a really, really solid little horror film, and it's it's a pretty good, like, next level to what the original films were, and... I, I was blown away. I just I thought it was going to be stupid, you know, like the rest of them were. But there was actually a pretty solid, good little film. So if you guys haven't seen it yet, like I highly recommend checking out the Tiniest Reich, the Puppet Master. It's it's fantastic. So they actually put a little effort behind this one, unlike part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or however many of these sequels they made. Yeah, I was surprised about the budget of this movie. The kills are really good. They're really clever. Some of them are kind of gross, but uh, like they had way more budget than I would ever expect for a Puppet Master movie. And some people I know try to say that that was a bad thing, but I'm not going to go all that way. I think that it was well needed, and it, it might actually like add to some really good sequels because like this one totally hints at a second one. So I hope that happens. Very cool. I actually was able to catch up with a couple of movies myself. I saw and 2018 movies, two movies that came out this past year. So far, you know, the year is halfway done. Well, a little bit past the halfway point, but uh, um, I, I got caught up with uh, Summer of 84, which I had, and I had not seen, and excellent little movie, by the way. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh didn't know much about it until I saw it. Uh, new cast of kids, it's a throwback to the 80s, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, I saw Fahrenheit. For uh, this I don't even know the what's his name Michael B. Jordan. I made a, a movie called Fahrenheit 451 based on the book. You guys seen this? Uh, I saw that it was big on Netflix and then it got heavily panned. I wanted to check it out, but I didn't get to see Michael B. Jordan's. I really loved the Francois Truffaut movie from the 60s based off of the book, though. I'm a big Ray Bradbury fan, so I'm definitely interested in it. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen it yet either. Uh, let me tell you some. You know, if you guys um, are fans of Michael B. Jordan, I mean, I mean, I don't know how you guys stand on his acting, but he, you know, he and Mike and Michael Shannon from you know Men of Steel. I will find him. Yeah, the other Zod writer, the other Zod, uh, <laughs> and he apparently found him because it's Michael B. Jordan not going to be Superman apparently. <laughs> Wow, yeah, no, that totally yeah. works out. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle, right? Like, yeah, he had to like, go to, uh, uh, you know, a book zone where they're bringing books to find the next Superman. And the silence is golden. But anyway, Michael uh, B. Jordan and uh, Michael Shannon are both uh, the actors in this thing. It wasn't bad. You know, Michael B. Jordan, you know, he's a good actor. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest, he's an excellent actor. Superman, uh, I don't think he is, cause, well, elephant in the room. <laughs> Superman, well, so, I, I, so he's been a white dude. I'm <laughs> just, just saying. I was, I thought that he would be a terrible, um, human torch, and then he ended up being the only thing kind of worth watching in that film. So, you know what I mean? Like, it might turn out that way. This might just be an awful Superman movie where, like, he'll shine again, kind of like how he did when he played Johnny Storm. Shocking. An awful Superman movie. 
I don't know how it could be any worse than Man of Steel. <laughs> I, I, I but think he'll I'm be. Pretty sure. You know what? I think he'll be a good. I think he'll be a good Superman. I really would ha- would have no issue with him playing Superman. To be honest, yeah, it would I mean, be fine. Would. Especially like I said, like yeah. he he was great as as the Human Torch. I don't care what anybody says. Like I thought he tackled the role very well. And then he was one of the better things about the film. So. Like I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, like, like I said, in in this movie, he was uh, showing some acting chops, and, I, and he's pretty good. He said, "I mean, I've known he's a good actor for a while now. It's not like it's news to me. Breaking news: water is wet. You know, Michael B. Jordan, good actor. That's not news to me. And I, you know, the, the most anticipated movie for me next year is Creed Two. By the way, and you know that's." The, the, Oh yeah, that's yeah. going to be amazing. So, I mean, without, it goes without saying how good that's going to be. I, I mean, that's in post production. Is that coming out this year or next year? I'm going to say it's coming not. out. Th- no, it's coming out Thanksgiving of this year, dude. Oh, is it really? Oh, yes. Man. So, for, I forget what everything I just said. It's the most anticipated movie for me this year. Then there you go, Creed two. But Fahrenheit 451. He plays uh, Guy Montag. That's the name of his character. Uh, Again, you know, it was a shocking little movie. I, I found that and I had not heard of it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch this. So, you know, see if he does act. You know, because you know, I see him in a lot of movies, and they're usually action movies. Again, Human Torch and, you know, and whatnot. Creed is boxing, you know, so he's, you know, he's an action star in the making. And he's, a, he's great at that. But he really does show some good acting chops in this. Of course, this is you know based on Ray Bradbury's classic Fahrenheit 451, which was one of my favorite books growing up. So when I saw the movie, I was like, "Really, Michael B. Jordan and and really they made this? Okay, well, I'm all in. I guess I got to check this out. So check that out, guys. If you haven't seen it, so I saw that. And uh, again, I wasn't blown away by it, but it was a pretty good adaptation of the, of the uh, book. And summer of '84, and I got to give thumbs up to both. If he looks, if he's going to play Superman, go with uh, what's the name of the character, the Black Superman? Um, Kane. Calvin Ellis. Calvin Ellis. There we go. Calvin Ellis. Go with that version. Uh, that's, you know, a can to the comics. I would love to see that come to life. That would be an epic, epic movie, if made. Now, we got a bunch of news in the round table for you guys tonight. Those are two, uh, quick movie reviews from myself and Mr. Johnny Alpha, which we'll probably get heavily edited later for PC content. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to the round table news. Johnny, what do you got for us this week? I think we lost Johnny Alpha. Oh, we've got some cool stuff. Oh, resurrected really like cool Superman. DC, whoa, 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 You don't hear me? I, hear, I hear you, son, but you come in there like all the cold cuts. Okay. All right, all right. Three, two. Johnny Alpha, what you got for us on the news, son? Okay. We gotta work on our time in here. Is that wow. right? Or what do you think? Man, I'm just sitting here on my comp. Whoa. Okay, I got some Rickles Brothers casting news. Whoa, whoa, Hello? whoa, 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 Johnny. Johnny, are you there? 
I'm here, man. I'm being quiet to see what's, oh, what's going on. I'm going to... You hear the, uh, the quality there? What's going on? There? Something's happening. Like, I think uh, Johnny is uh, hanging out in Atlantis with Aquaman tonight. I, it sounds like it, right? Yeah, without the speaking bubbles and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, Johnny, are you going for a swim? Are you going to give us the news? I think Johnny needs a reconnection to the round table. What do you say there? Now I'm sitting here in my room. I'm trying to just read the stuff off to you, but I guess I'm not sounding right. Now you sound like Mr. Roboto. Hold on. Let's see if I can get you. Uh, hang up and call back. Robot time. Yeah. Hang up and hang up the Skype, son. Okay. I'm going to do it for him. Ring, ring, ring. This, folks, is how you do live radio. Ring, ring, ring. Come on, Johnny Alpha. Now he'll think he's still on the line, so he won't pick up. And we'll have me saying, ring, 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 around the clock. Ring, ring. See, this is how he gets me to sing. That This is all orchestrated by Johnny Alpha to get me to drop a few bars. What do you think there? Is that right? Hey, works for me. Give me a beat, son. All right, he saved your eardrums. See? Alpha, are you back? Hello? Much better. Your connection is now. <laughs> hey, okay. Hello? <laughs> Yeah, uh, can you hear you guys? Hear me okay? <laughs> no. Nope. You sound like you're still underwater, dude. You still sound like you're hanging out with the Aquaman. I don't know what sandwich. I, I don't know what's going on, but your connection sucks, man. Like, say something. And apparently there's a delay. Okay. See? Um, yep. The news this week. Yeah, see, there's a, a, a huge delay because... If not, he'll like he'll start talking like right now. Am I supposed to talk now? See, you see what I'm saying? It's like at least a, why is that? Why is there a delay with with him? I don't know. That is bizarre. I mean, you and I are on par, right there. Is that right? Like we're good. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what did you do from before to now, Johnny? Like nothing. I sat there and listened to you talk about the movies that you were going to talk about, and then uh -oh. I tried to read the news. Stop. Oh, wait, it sounds like he's coming back into form. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost, almost. All right, uh, as soon as I stop talking, start talking, okay there, Johnny Alpha? Okay, and this week's news, we get some WB, um, DC casting choices for the Bird of Prey movies, including one of our favorite Jedis of all time. We got um, some casting news and recent news from Sony's Spider-Verse. We got some upsetting Star Wars news for Zod, or for Jackal and some other cool kind of funny Star Wars news. And we got some cool Fox news coming out of their new X-Men films. And um, we got a couple cool trailers like we got the trailer for X-Men Dark Phoenix and a really, really funny Sherlock Holmes and Watson movie I didn't know that they were even making, starring Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Did you guys see the trailers for that? That that looks hilarious. Did not see no, the trailer for it, but I, it. I saw a poster for it. It's like, what, Sherlock Holmes or something like that? It's just called Holmes and Watson. Yeah, something like that. I saw like a quick poster, and I was like, oh, Will Ferrell, I'm all in. I mean, the guy's funny. 
Oh, especially when it's those two together. They're, they're just like extra retard funny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they just tap into that little boy sense of humor that just, they just make you laugh. So I'm 100% in on that. I don't even have to see the trailer or the poster. When the movie comes out, I'll be there in theaters watching it. Uh, Will Ferrell's in it. You know, it's after Casa de mi Padre, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Anything that has Will Ferrell starring in it, I am, I'm watching it in theaters. You know, that's it. 100% in. Zod, you got anything to say about that, that trailer? Because that's where we started. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Was that? That was quick. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's it. I, that's it. I'm not, you know, I haven't seen the trailer, but I'm, I'm all in. It sounds good to me. How do you guys feel about the X Men Dark Phoenix? Before I get into my feelings about it. Well, let me take point on that one. <clears throat> I stopped caring about X-Men after Logan, and um, before that, I didn't care about X-Men much until Deadpool 1 and 2. Uh, before that, I stopped caring about X-Men after X-Men 1, and maybe parts of 2. Everything else in between, I've not really given much of a crap about. Everything after so far, eh. Whatever, Apocalypse, eh, Dark Phoenix, eh, not too excited, don't really care. Now, what I'm waiting for is the introduction of Fox and the MCU bringing in the X-Men, and uh, that, of course, is probably going to be like, what, five years away, so when that happens, they'll get me back on board and be interested, but I haven't seen the trailer, so I can't say much about this. Zod, what are your two thoughts on uh, the trailer? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Well, there we go, Johnny Alpha, expand away on your thoughts. I just think it's just bad timing for a film and just how much it's, this looks exactly like how X-Men 3 did. This would be kind of like, like Sony getting, uh, Sony and Marvel deciding to make Spider-Man Homecoming 3 be the exact same movie that Amazing Spider-Man 2 was. Like, why would you remake the worst film in your catalog and then try, and then just make it tonally and like physically like look like the exact same film i mean what sense does that make yeah there's different actors playing it at this time but it's oh man it's just an x-men fan i cannot say i'm looking forward to this whatsoever especially after like deadpool 2 you know what i mean like we're actually getting good fox marvel well, movies. I, uh-oh uh-oh wait a minute though correction on that deadpool thing man being taken over by Disney, didn't you? Didn't you know, Johnny? Deadpool two is coming back out in the theaters as a PG thirteen film. So it's a joke. So they can screw. It. it comes out the same exact day as Aquaman. They're trying to show that a movie that people have already seen once is going to make more money than Aquaman. There's a there's a meme behind that re release. It's yep. not actually Disneyfication, but it's a but it's a PG thirteen version, and it's still going to make more money than Aquaman. That's a, that's so, the zinger right there. That's the zinger and the stinger and the butthole clinger. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sitting in Aquaman. I'm not gonna be watching a, a watered down uh, Deadpool. No, he's gonna have a black suit on. This Aquaman. <laughs> Deadpool's gonna be wearing the black suit. Yeah, look, I don't care. They put it out PG-13. Eventually, we'll get a, an R cut. I know part three is you know probably a few years away. I can't wait to see part three. I think that's gonna be great. Uh, Deadpool 2 is one of my all-time favorites. It's number two on my list for the year, uh, this past year. 
I don't think uh, that, you know, Disney buying Fox has anything to do with uh, them putting this movie out. I think it's just a punk move, like Johnny said, to say, hey, Aquaman, we can still whoop that ass on PG-13. doesn't matter what you do, man. Come on. It's, it's Deadpool, I man. think it's a, I think it's bigger than that. I think I don't think it's actually going to be a PG-13 Deadpool 2. I think it's actually going to be the Deadpool Chris Christmas movie that they're talking about, and it's just going to surprise everybody. So it's essentially going to be a brand-new, untitled Deadpool project that we know nothing about, and they're just saying that it's Deadpool 2. But I think it's going to be a, a whole entirely new thing. Possible, but yeah, hey, that's my theory. Because I've seen a I've seen a set photo of him reading a storybook to Fred Savage, which looks hysterical to me. So I really hope that like that's actually like even if it is a part of Deadpool two, this new version of it, like it's edited in there, you know? Because like originally, yeah, they came out and it was supposed to be. They said it was going to be a Deadpool Christmas movie, and then the next thing you know, they're saying like, oh, it's just going to be Deadpool two PG thirteen, and it's like, what? It, I think I think that it's either way. I think the whole thing's a meme, and it's meant to take away from. Aquaman, though. Well, if it's an entirely, my thing is, if it's an entirely new project, that makes it okay. I would be completely down with it if it's a, if it is a Deadpool Christmas. I think that'd be awesome. That sounds like an awesome idea. Uh, Probably won't happen. uh, Like many great ideas that people come up with on the internet. By the way, shout outs to Mike Zero and all his fantastic ideas that never happened. Mike Zero, who uh, gave us all these fantastic uh, stories of. Kathleen Kennedy getting fired, so we're going to segue to that next on the Roundtable News. Oh, yeah, and, you know, let's not forget, you know, uh, Latino um, Review. Umberto, the galactic flip-flopper, he's yes. my favorite. Sorry. <laughs> so let, let's just jump right, right into that, and then we'll come up with more news later on, because, you know, that this is uh, probably the, uh, the equivalent of a nuclear bomb going off in the middle of celebration in Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy has been awarded three more years to suck the life out of Star Wars. Now, that's right, uh, Disney, Marvel, you know, Lucasfilms, Fox, all these entities that are now uniting have decided to give this woman an extension for Lucasfilms for three years. And I say this woman because, though she's a woman, um... Two, sure, they've made about three or four, maybe four and a half billion dollars in the last few Star Wars movies. But let's be honest, Mr. Ed the Horse, a chimp, and Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers all could have made four billion dollars at the helm of Lucasfilms in the last few years with sequels and, you know, a great spinoff like Rogue One, which which was a good movie. Now, the problem is uh, we've had a couple stinkers back-to-back, but, and it's uh, causing an awful downtread, including the, the first time we've actually had a movie in the Star Wars universe bomb, be super diversive, destroy part of the fan base and that of course goes to Solo or as I like to say the Caucasian version of Finn from uh, The Force Awakens because that's what they turned on Solo into in that movie so Kathleen Kennedy in her uh, agenda politics and you know her her shenanigans are, are going to be given three more years guys to suck their life out of Star Wars, and uh, leave what was 
possibly, you know, going to become a a beautiful stable of films coming out, possibly in a landfill. Now, I saw The Force Awakens. I liked that. That was a great movie. I still, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of J.J. Abrams. I thought that he had an, a, a sort of a story arc with these characters. Uh, you, know, G, you know, Ryan Johnson came in, did what he wanted to do. Said, okay, I got your ideas here, uh, J.J., and uh, I'm going to uh, yeah, throw it out. Kind of like Luke throws out the lightsaber. Throw it out. Do whatever the hell I want. And that was okay and greenlit by Kathleen Kennedy. So anything that you guys hated about The, the Last Jedi... If you hated Solo, she's the one to blame, and uh, she has been forcing, you know, this uh, agendas down our throat, political agendas, like social warrior justice, you know, crap, and other uh, certain things, which does not really belong in Star Wars. There are certain things and elements that I loved about The uh, the Last Jedi, and when I first saw it in theaters, I was like, man, the cinematography is gorgeous in this scene. Look at the way the creatures look. It's beautifully cut. But then as I watch the movie, you know, the the film over and over again, I see the problems, and I see where some of the fans were were pissed at, uh, pissed off at. And then I see Big Round Head, Ryan Johnson on Twitter attacking fans, and Kathleen Kennedy disappears as the shit hits the fan with uh, Solo bombing at the box office. And and it's the one time the Zod Rider and other folks are like, see, we told you so. And I got to eat crow because I was wrong. Zod Rider, what do you think about Kathleen Kennedy getting three extra years to suck the life out of Star Wars? fans and well, films i you know what i have a couple of different viewpoints on that but if what i read is true which was kathleen kennedy didn't get an extension because of her success and because she is the best person to continue on unfortunately kathleen kennedy got a job extension because nobody else wants the job Apparently, the oh, other people that sense. they offered it. Apparently, the other people that who are unnamed at this moment, except J.J. Abrams, who were offered the job, turned it down. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants the headache of having to deal with Star Wars fandom. Nobody wants to take that heat, and nobody wants to take the risk and screw up the way Kathleen Kennedy has, which is why. She was extended the three years because they're figuring that within three years they should be able to find somebody else who will take the job. And also, the fact that they're not going to allow any other films, they're only going to be focusing on the television end of it, which is John Favreau's Star Wars TV show and then the new cartoon series and other things that they're going to be doing. If, if there's no motion pictures being in development during those three years, with the exception of you know, the J.J. Abrams episode 9 that we're getting next year, then there's really nothing for Kathleen Kennedy to screw up. She can kind of bide her time over her next three years, and then when when her contract is up and they start letting the Game of Thrones people work on their new trilogy, which, by the way, has nothing to do with the Ryan Johnson project as well, 
from what I read, Ryan Johnson has moved on to another project entirely because his Star Wars trilogy was shelved and isn't going to happen. And I see, think that makes sense yeah, but considering... See, that's a good choice, but see, yeah, I'm kind of like worried about that because they haven't really t- talked about that at all. Like, the even... reason why they haven't talked about it at all is because they want you to forget about it because it's not going to happen. You see, Kathleen Kennedy is getting her three years, but they said, they've said specifically in these articles that there are no new films in development during this extended three-year tenure that she's getting. So if, if that's the case, where, where's Ryan Johnson's trilogy? Wouldn't his new film be underway or whatever? So that gives me hope and makes me happy that she, in her three years, she won't be able to screw up. And that's all I care about. As long as she can't screw up anything during her three years in control of everything, we'll be okay. So she's kind of going to be like one of those, you know, one of those lame duck, you know, producers. She's not really going to have much to look after. And she doesn't really pay any attention to the TV shows or the cartoons anyway. That's not really her thing. She really doesn't, you know, we know she didn't have any involvement with Rebels or anything like that. So as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it's okay. She's basically... A toothless producer at this point. Yeah. The only thing that really like kind of upsets me is to find out that they were kind of moving ahead with uh, Benobi, Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi, Obi Doobi Kenobi. Which, if they would have did that, that would have been better than Solo. Right. They actually should should have shelved Solo and did the Obi Wan movie, and Kathleen Kennedy would have had another hit on her hands because everybody wants the Obi Wan movie. And apparently that got shelved also because of her agenda politics and uh, her need to tell a backstory to Solo, which nobody wanted. Kathleen Kennedy, thank you very much, and it was proven. But yeah, no, the uh, the uh, David Benoff and D.B. Wise uh, trilogy, which I guess is what it's going to be. Uh, it's eventually coming up, but now I haven't heard that's going to be for the uh, streaming service or that's going to be for theaters. I know it's, gonna, it's not going to deal with the Skywalker saga. It's set in a different timeline within the same universe, galaxy, obviously, but it's Star Wars, but it's something new, which is great. Um, yeah, the John Favreau, uh, that's for sure going to be on the streaming service. And Resistance is for the kids, the, uh, the cartoon. So, uh, I mean, other than the, the uh, David Benoff and D.B. Wise and maybe the John Favreau, that's as much live-action stuff we have you know, really to look forward to other than Episode 9 with J.J. Abrams. But Brian Johnson is still saying on Twitter that his trilogy is going along. So he's saying one thing. Reports are like coming out saying something kind of opposite. So where does the truth lie is my question. And her getting an extension, though you make it sound, makes a little bit of sense. It's like they're giving her three years for all these projects that are under her name to kind of just go out there and, and do their thing. And then she can just kind of like retire and go away peacefully and with a little honor, I guess. But yeah, again, there's no there's no real reason for her to, you know, if they're not going to let her do any more movies, meaning theatrical films, then I think we're okay. Star Wars is going to be okay as a franchise because they're not going to take the risk of allowing her to screw up any more movies. I mean, it's like you pointed out earlier. She screwed up two movies in a row, and there was absolutely no need for that. 
after The Last Jedi, I believe the smart move would have been to shelf Solo altogether. Yep. I, I don't understand why they even allowed that movie to get released. They shelf movies all the time. I don't care how far along it was. They should have shelved Solo the same way they should have shelved Justice League and should have waited and that's the end of that. I, I don't understand the, ne- the necessity to rush that movie out. Solo, nobody wanted. Nobody was asking or, for it. Or nobody at least cared. take your time to make a better movie. I mean, they rushed out like five months after The Last Jedi, right. which had such a I negative mean, buzz going. It was ridiculous. Bad timing. I mean, even, I mean, even, I mean, they could have, I mean, and they could have said, okay, well, Ron Howard is the replacement director, and they could have allowed Ron Howard to come in and make the movie from scratch which he technically had to do anyway, but he would have had more time to develop it and make it into something that was coherent that we all wanted to see versus something that we really didn't want to see from the beginning. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. And I, like I said, I would love to know how much of that movie, how much of what they actually released to us was something was stuff that Lord Miller had originally planned to put in the movie. I'd, I'd love to find to find that out because I don't see how that movie could have been any worse, even if they they were trying they were trying to make Ace Ventura in space. I don't really see. So Kathleen Kennedy, she can have her three years, and like you said, it's probably going to be to give her an honorable, you know, departure or whatever, and, and that's fine. Whatever they want to pay her respect. And she can go and she can take her forces female and go go along and disappear. And then somebody better will come along and will reinvigorate the franchise. I so will, I will three say, years isn't a long time. I will say this much, though. Her initial um, actions were troubling when you know, George Lucas gave her kind of a blueprint of what he wanted to see in episode 7, 8, and 9. And I was kind of disturbed by the fact that they threw away his, all his ideas. But then after what I saw J.J. Abrams did, and then I kind of heard, you know, individual parts of what Lucas wanted, I'm like, well, it kind of fits with what Lucas wanted in a way. So he, it's like J.J. was, you know, listening to more to what George wanted than what Kathleen wanted. So I'm a little inspired by the fact that he's coming back, and I trust J.J. to at least try to give us a good film because he is a fan of Star Wars first and foremost. Um, I just don't want Roundhead to, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson to go back in there and and screw it up again. Well, well, see again, like I'm again. saying, they offered out of the only the only person whose name that they revealed who was offered the position that Kathleen Kennedy has now is J.J. Abrams, and smartly J.J. Abrams turned it down. If I was J.J. Abrams, I wouldn't have taken it either. Yep. I mean, come on, man. Well, That's he's gonna... worked up. He works on a lot of stuff, though. That would tell yeah. you that. he wouldn't be yeah, able to no. do Mission Impossible. He wouldn't be able to do more. any of his independent stuff, any of the things that he likes doing, because he's first and foremost a filmmaker. He doesn't want to be saddled to any one particular franchise. And frankly, I don't blame him. I think that J.J. Abrams made the smart call by not accepting that job. Tell with that. Let Kathleen Kennedy and then let some other schmuck take that position, because in the end, you're going to get ate up like a mosquito no matter what you do. There's nothing you can do. Agreed. You're, you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you hold the, the, the top position in Star Wars, 
fans are going to be gunning for you, and that's not going to be a fun thing to have to have to live through. So I, I will. So I, I mean, I got, you got to give her credit for continuing on to take it for three years. If I would, I mean, because I think if I was her at this point, I would have resigned. I don't think I would have did it. I'd have been like, no, you guys are going to have to find somebody else. I think then I don't know what Bob Iger would have did. He, he might have just been like, well, no more Star Wars until we can find somebody who wants to headline this crap. I think you zeroed in on it, by the way. Uh, Johnny Alpha, I hear you talking. Go ahead, give us your two cents. Well, I don't really have any ill will towards the woman. I mean, I don't pay that much attention to what her and other people do on Skype, or I mean, not on Skype, on Twitter. Um, Personally. I like, I like Force Awakens. I thought it was cool. But one of the things I remember the most about it when it came out is everybody bitching, everybody crying. Oh, it's so much like all the Star Wars we had before. We want something new. We want something new. So then this guy, Ryan Johnson, comes out. Well, then Rogue One came out, and then the same kind of whiny shit came out. Oh, it's just like the Star Wars we've seen before. I want something new. So this guy, Ryan Johnson, he comes out, makes a Star Wars, makes it something new, makes it something different, and now everybody's crying. They're like, oh, it's not our old Star Wars anymore. Bring it back. Bring it back. And, fans don't know how to make up their minds i don't think that i think solo is kind of the only bad move that they made you guys may not like force away i mean the jedi the last jedi but it is a critical success it's probably one of the most critically lauded star wars films ever made so i think riding off of the back of that and the fact that she's only kind of produced one really big stinker in the public eye that maybe like uh, uh, the number crunchers guys at disney and the people who pull things like critical opinion in mind really don't see her as the stinker maker that like a lot of like youtube crybaby fat clickbait channels do yep and um i think that she they are in their right mind to keep her around because believe it or not george lucas handpicked her to run lucas films at disney so like she's kind of picked by your guys's god to be the new god and so there's a lot of things going in her favor here. I don't know her. I don't really follow her. I don't know what she's done. I saw the forces female shit, and yeah, it made me a little mad. But it's no different than what like Marvel writers do and stuff like that. So it's kind of like that. You expect I expect that a little bit in fandom now because that's just the way things are. So um, I really have no problem that she has more time um, as Disney's Lucasfilm person. Just like I wouldn't really mind if she was replaced by J.J. or if, like, somehow they found some, like, little Star Wars Kevin Feige guy that would slide in and be, like, the perfect guy that knows where to slide everything into. Which, because that's what they kind of really need at this point. That's what anybody that wants to have a cohesive universe needs is a guy that thinks like that. A guy that's already planning. Right. They're like, okay, this next film that we make, we can slide in a block that fits that together with the next film and then make it a little deeper with the next film after that. See, that's, that's what all these universes that people are trying to spin off need, and none of them grasp except for the people that keep giving Kevin Feige well, Mar- his money to be honest, Marvel kind of like landed on a gem with Kevin Feige. I mean, that's, you know, one in a million. You know, what he's done with Marvel, it's, it's really difficult to duplicate. Uh, Disney, uh, Lucasfilm thought they had that with Kathleen Kennedy. I think some folks think they have that with Dave Filoni, and he's done a fantastic job with the cartoons. How well that translates over to film, 
Eh, what we have to wait and see. We have three years to find out. I don't blame JJ for not taking you the next episodes, but you know, Johnny, I, I understand where you come from, and I'm I'm with you in a lot of that because she only really has had one stinker. But look at the downtread. The last Jedi made half of what the Force Awakens made, both on video, DVD yeah, sales, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta and think big we live in a we got we live in a time when most people don't form their own opinions. They go and listen to what people on YouTube have to say, and whether what side of it they're on. Like if you have the red led me, red letter media fanboys who don't care about Star Wars whatsoever and just want to hate on it, you got those guys, and you got these other guys that listen to the guys that you listen to that think that anything that has social justice in it is the devil, the the Star Wars gates people. Oh and no no no! Yeah, I listen to them and watch the videos because it's funny, and, and I, I was. You know, well, I, I'm not, no no I'm not. I'm not calling you one of these people. I'm talking about the millions of other people who listen to them and be like, I don't like that movie anymore. Even though when I saw it, I liked it. I don't like it anymore because that guy told me I shouldn't like right. it no more. Like, then there, there are billions of people in the world that are like that. And what that's kinda, what, how opinions get slurred. Well, besides my voice, what kind of pissed me off about it, in this entire thing was the fact that they've allowed uh, Ron Head Johnson to uh, actually attack fans online. That is completely off-putting as a fan. I think you should just stay quiet. The movies are making money. Uh, Solo bombed because, again, fans didn't want to see a Han Solo backstory. Uh, it was, Amen. It was badly cast. Uh, it was bad timing. Um, let's see. Once you announce you're firing the director with 80% of the movie done, that's dead on arrival, by the way. Once you announce that... Fans are just going to stay away, so they should have shelved that movie for another year at least and really allowed proper recasting to happen and yeah, rewritten writing of the script because they had a terrible script. I mean, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing any of that. And I do Solo believe that you and McGregor, I agree, Ewan McGregor helmed Obi-Wan movie should have been the next film that they made if they needed to make a backstory movie. The, the problem, Agreed. I think, is... Yep. They have this. They have this new universe with the the Poe and the, the Finn and the all these new characters and these new aliens that they're introducing. They should be trying to make spinoff movies about this new universe, not over-explaining shit that well, we already know I, about. I, I, I kind of yeah, but I can't understand what they're doing. And uh, this, this, you know, follow along here for a second, um, and I'm gonna let you uh, finish off. But uh, it, it, I have to interject here for a second because. In a sense, I understand where they're going with that. They're saying, okay, look, the episodes are going on, and we're telling you, you know, the future episodes with the episodes of nine. So we don't want to go too far in the future because they want to handcuff the one we can say in these episodes. So while, you know, the main sagas having their episodes, let's make backstories a deal between episode three and four, which is safe for us because they can tell so many stories between those episodes. And then once this trilogy is done, then they have probably, what, 10 years in between this and the next trilogy. So then they can tell stories in between that, those trilogies and spin-off movies, tell other trilogies, and then maybe revisit the Skywalker saga in 10 years. So I, I can understand. And it's actually not a bad idea to only tell future episodes if you're, if you're gonna continue the Skywalker trilogy sagas every 10 or so years between, you know, between trilogies. If you're gonna do that, I'm all in. Right now, they're in between these, these two trilogies, telling spinoff movies. But again, Han Solo is a character that 
the more mystery you leave towards that character, the better it works out. Once you tell too much of his backstory, you fuck up the character, you screw it up for future generations uh, who are going to watch these movies and maybe watch them in chronological order and they're going to be like, oh, Han Solo, yeah, we're going to meet him at the cantina, great. Han, you know, it's going to help Chewie and Luke and, and Obi-Wan and they're, gonna, you know, they're all going to get off uh, Tatooine. Uh, oh, it'll be great. That's where they're going to go meet. And kids are going to know who this character is. He'll never shoot Greedo first. It's Han Solo. He's kind of a good guy. You know he shot first in the Solo movie. But, I mean, regardless, it's a character that does not merit a backstory film. You leave the mystery there for future generations to have some fun with. And you do the Obi-Wan movie. You do other stories within that universe. I'd love to see the crime syndicate with Darth Maul and other characters. That's what they should have attacked. You do that, yeah. you have much more success. I don't mind them throwing you know, powerful women, honestly, into the mix here. Because we've had Princess Leia. It's not the first time. You know, no. I well, loved Rogue One, and Rogue One had you know a, a strong female lead. We all liked The Force Awakens, and we had Mary Sue Ray in there. So it's not like we don't like chicks, Disney. It's that when you do stupid moves like Solo, you know you're gonna catch the backlash, and that's really I think where it's been mostly at. And apparently, you know, certain uh, channels on YouTube keep attacking The Last Jedi, which deserves it, because half of that movie sucks, but there's a lot of the half that is really, really good. And even when I saw it in theaters, I was blown away by some of the cinematography. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful things in there that I love to this day. In fact, if you watch my <clears throat> shameless plug here, my cut, Awakening of the Force, you would see that a good chunk of that movie ends up in there as I united both movies because there is some really, really good stuff done in there. So uh, with that said, back to you, Johnny. Go for it. Sorry about that. Well, no, it's cool. But, like, you brought up a good point, and I, I got to thinking. Like, when you watch um, when you watch the movie Solo, who actually did the hardest job trying to convince you that they were playing a character from an old film? You had um, – um, Donald Glover is Lando. Like, if anything, they should have maybe made a movie about him. Because <laughs> honestly, I feel so bad for that guy because he tried so damn hard to play Billy D. Williams in that movie, and nobody else even tried to play their character. You mean Don Glover? Yeah, him too. Did I say, What did I say? Uh, well, you said Lando. Said you Donald said, Glover. You said Lando, yeah, but on the internet now, he's uh, referred to as Don Glover. Dong lover, okay. Yeah, because apparently he's pansexual now, and he sticks oh, his man, dong they everywhere. They just did that because it was Pride Month, and they didn't have no gay characters in the movie. So they're like, "Oh no, we did, he, we did." He's a pan, like, and they and they wrote themselves another check that their butts couldn't cash. For their mouths, <laughs> and it was stupid. But like, honestly, you watch the movie, and like, honestly, like. Do you did you feel that like he was anything other than women were in trouble of being banged by Lando? No. Yes. Like uh, even when he shot, there, there's a couple. Of, he, there's a couple of shots where he looked at Han and I'm like, these two, uh, it, it, they were alone in the room. <laughs> Dong is going to show him why he's Dong. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Well, it sounds like you're getting a little too fan servicey on your own fanfic there, man. Like I didn't see that at all. 
But, um, like, even going on when they had Lando show up in... Hey, Johnny Aquaman. That's what what happens when you go against the green. They could try to say whatever they want, but we all know. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. You're sucking the life out of Skype again. Stop moving around. Shit starts stinking. Exactly. Stop moving around so much. What's up? Nobody heard what you just said, son. Because I don't agree with you? No, because you sounded like shit and your Skype was all fucked up again. Okay. There we go. Uh, Zod Ryder, can you uh, amen to that? Yeah, of course. Amen. All right. See, it says not just me saying you sound like, you know, really shitty. But uh, anyway, guys, we're at the end of the hour. We're going to go on a quick commercial break. Maybe uh, Alpha over here will get his uh, shitty together, and we'll be able to come back on PSN Radio, <laughs> sounding wow. a whole lot more better. That's not even proper grammar, but it doesn't matter. Uh, stick around. This is going to be the roundtable for the second hour. We've got more news, got box office results, and we got Johnny Alpha sounding like he's uh, in the middle of a fight in Atlantis with uh, wannabe Arthur Curry. we got Zod Ryder on the roundtable. we got no cold cuts this week, but it's okay because you got me sounding great, the jackal. We'll be right back. On the round table, stick around. If by the way you don't join us on the way back, then shame on you. Shame on all of you! We'll be right back. Alright everybody, welcome back to the round table show, second hour, right here live on PSN Radio. And finally, Johnny Alpha is back with us in the right frequency. And uh, signing the uh, legit. What's up, Johnny Alpha? Welcome back, buddy. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. Um, I'm sorry to give you technical difficulties. I hate to do this stuff on air, but I had a double breach. My PC got double breached, and I had a total shutdown. So, yeah, I'm running on a laptop now, and sorry to have technical difficulties on air, brother. Yeah, you, you totally won Peter Dinklage on this there for a second. Double breached! That's an inside joke that only a few people would get, by the way. But those who get it are going to laugh their ass off tonight. We're double breached. Sometimes we're triple breached. Those are good times. So we were talking about Kathleen Kennedy's renewal of contract and uh, how for some is uh, probably like Nagasaki and Kawasaki and World War II all put together with nuclear bombs (laughs) being dropped and it's Vietnam all over again. For us here at the round table, it's like, eh, she's going to get to go out peacefully and gracefully. It's all good. Uh, look, she's brought in money to Lucasfilms. God bless her. You know, she's doing a, a decent job in a headache of a position because, again, nobody wants that job for a reason because do or die, give us good content, give us bad content, give us any content, and people are going to find a way to bitch and moan and make a YouTube channel and zero in on their mistakes because they never get the gossip right. Uh, shout out to Mike Zero once again, by the way, which they made so much fun of that guy. And it's funny because he's become like, uh, like I, w- I wouldn't say a laughing uh, stock 
over in Lucasfilms, but they've been making fun of him for a while now. And the, the joke is he, he puts out so much content, and he's never right. And, you know, Roundhead Johnson, or Rion, Ryan, whatever his name is, whatever the stupid face name is, uh, he is, you know, one of these guys that come out on Twitter and said, yeah, every time that, we, you know, we were poking fun at, at him, we would, we would say, man, he really zeroed in on that one, huh? Because his name is Mike Zero. But anyway, shout out to them and, and Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers and everybody else who's been putting on, like, on that good fight. But look, the fight can continue, guys. Keep on trolling the hell out of Lucasfilms. Sometimes you do fail upwards, though. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy, if you want to say that she fell upwards, she fell upwards $4 billion in the last few years. So pow pow to her, huh, Zod? Absolutely. Pow pow. So what else is next on the roundtable of news? Mr. Alpha, who is finally sounding good. Well, um, I thought maybe you'd get a kick out of this one. Um, according to um, Sony, I guess um, Venom's already a hit, even though it's out net, not out yet. And they've already got their next big Spider-Verse movie lined up. Do you guys know what it is? Venom? No, after oh. Venom. Oh, after okay. Venom. Oh. Scarlet, uh, Which? Uh, yeah. Scarlet Spider, or Spider. Uh, that Scarlet. would be awesome if they had the Scarlet Spider, but yeah. no, it is Mobius, the living vampire, played by one Mister Jackal's favorite actor, Jared Leto. How do you guys feel about this one? Well, that's old news. Yep. That's little, no, no, but this uh, is officially the next movie that they're going to be coming out with after Venom because it's already such a big hit in Sony. You said Jared Leto's playing uh, Morbius. Jared Leto, your favorite actor in the world, is going to be playing Morbius, so, the human vampire. So he gets to um, to screw up both the Joker and Morbius. I don't think well, like, Morbius has like like ten fans in the world. There's more people that want to see the Snyder Cut than know who Morbius, the human vampire, is. So uh, like he's got a little bit of a leeway to get away with ruining this character over here because like you got to be a hardcore Spider-Man fan to really know him. <laughs> Regardless, though, hold on. he gets a chance to ruin two cinematic cinematic characters too. Well, now I'm mad. Nah, I'm not really. <laughs> honestly, I honestly don't give a shit. To be honest with you, um, you know, is a good actor. Uh, doesn't bother me one way or the other, but he really was terrible as. Uh, as the Joker, he really was. That's uh, why I'm, I'm excited for what they're doing with the uh, this Daniel and Joker movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, because he was just awful as the Joker in Suicide Squad, which again is why I think they cut most of the scenes out. They're like, this is garbage. Like he's really bad as Joker. This is not Joker. This is like some other shit. Um, but uh, you know, I, like him as Morbius. Uh, in a solo movie, like, you know, by himself, without Spider-Man in it, I don't know how that's going to sell. Again, he's not an actor that puts people in theaters. And for all, you know, that you want to say, neither is Tom Hardy, but at least Tom Hardy's a badass. Like, you look at Tom Hardy, and you're like, he can play any character. I, I stand to differ. I went and saw Mad Max Fury Road like eight times in the theater. I don't know if that had anything to do with Tom Hardy, but he he got me there eight times with his performance. So well, that's because you you also enjoyed the movie, right? For you, it was a good movie, I, I assume. 
Oh, I, that's one yeah, of my I enjoyed it too. I, I enjoyed it too, and I only seen it in the theaters twice. So okay, you got me, Johnny. Here's the thing: that's one of my least favorite Tom Hardy movies. I saw it once in theaters. I haven't seen that ever again. I did wow, not. I did really? not. I did not enjoy that one movie. But I love a lot of his other movies. So there you go. You can reverse that. But regardless, he is an actor that I would, you know, want to go see in something like this, you know, like Venom. And I'm going to go see Venom because Tom Hardy is playing Venom and he's playing Eddie Brock and is this alternative version that we've all, you know, we've seen in comics, but we've never seen it on the, on the big screen. So and it's an adaptation to that Eddie Brock. So I'm excited for it. It opens up the doors to the Spider-Man universe for you new know, future interactions. So I'm interested to see what they do, where, where they go with that. But again, it's Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy is a badass actor. Jared Leto. Good actor, not somebody who I really care to see in theaters a whole lot. Uh, he's never been an actor who's you know, maybe more rush shot and like say, "Hey, I got to see that next Jerry Little movie." Boy, does he look good in drag or whatever movie he's doing. That guy, he's never been that niche actor. <laughs> he only played a tranny once, dude. You make it sound like everything he's ever done. Is that right? Like, his he has such his a whole face. career is nothing but transsexual. <laughs> like now, he has, <laughs> such, he has such a pretty woman face. That's what it is. Well, so that's uh, the one thing that got that's me interested is like like he's got like that like ratty kind of like he could live underground and be a monster kind of face already. So like, I think Morbius is actually a really good character for him. Cause he kind of looks like, like some guy that's like lived for too longer than he should have and probably drinks blood. So it might work out if they like film it, like the first blade movie or something, try to like take um, inspiration from that. I think it might be pretty doable, but if they try to just make it, I don't know what the hell they're even going to try to do with the movie. Like you said, like I think the guy's maybe been in 50 issues of Spider-Man throughout his entire career. I think he's had a couple one-shots and miniseries, but nearly not enough to like to make me think that he's a character that can carry his own vehicle, though, like a movie. It's just ridiculous that they're even, in my opinion, they're even going to try to make a Mobius movie and then try to get some kind of star power to cloud it, and it's like... You, you should have hired him a couple of years ago before he burnt out, though. A lot of people are tired of him. Yeah. After uh, Blade I, Runner and those, I, a lot of people that are fans don't even want to see him anymore. I don't mind them doing something new and trying Morbius. That, that's fine and dandy, but yeah, I'm with you. I think he's kind of like flamed out already. I don't get it. Uh, with, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been overused, let's, let's be honest. This, if we're going to do something new, bring the new actors. But I mean, somebody who I haven't seen. The beautiful thing about, you know, doing movies in, the, in these universes, whether it's, you know, DC or Marvel, is when you're going to do something new that we haven't seen, really go all out. Give us new actors, new cast, actors that are good, but, you know, don't give me some cheap MTV actor either, but, you know, give me a good young actor. There's a lot of them out there that have not gotten that break, which they should because they keep regurgitating the roles of the same people. Like my boy uh, Carlos uh, Mendez, a, a, a great actor. 39, 40 year old, you know, can't catch a break. Great young actor. Doesn't, you know, get caught for these parts. And, he, and he's physically right up there with these guys you know, when it comes to height, you know, weight. Uh, Loki is a good actor. He comes from great stock. I mean, Tito Mendes is your kid brother. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, goodness about and vibes about this guy. But, you know, we're, we're still stuck on, well, let's give Jared Leto a call. Let's give Ben Affleck a call. 
Let's keep, you know, re, recycling the same names. DC Marvel, stop doing that. Let's look for other independent actors that are good, ready to step into some of these roles. And if you're going to give us an adaptation or something we've never seen cinematically before, really search for an actor. Don't be like, yeah, we spent about two years and about uh, a quarter of a billion dollars of Disney's money. Ha, 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 ha. Looking for an actor. And then... We went with the first actor we screened because you know that's what we do. Well, it seems like Sony's just like going for like let's let's just steal like old Batman villains that like that were, um, whose films are over. So they they grabbed Tom Hardy, he was from TDKR, right? And then they got Jared Leto, who's from Suicide Squad. And it's like who are they going to get next, man? Like two ba- Ledger's passed away. Maybe they're trying to get Killian Murphy to no. play Craven the Hunter or something. No. You know what I mean? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill will be next. Henry Cavill will probably play anti-Venom in Venom 2. You know, yeah. He'll be like the white Venom that Venom be, has to fight. He'll be Carnage. Oh, my God. I'd love to hear him try to be a, play a redneck so he could be Cletus Cassidy. That'd be hilarious to hear Henry Cavill try to be like, What you say there, boy? I'm Cletus Cassidy, the serial killer. I'm an American as an apple pie from Brit- <laughs> British. I, I drank tea with, with the queen once. Only if... Only if Zack Snyder directs it. And no. Yes, no, I'm 100% in on that. And, it's, and there has to be a Snyder cut just for Zod Rider. Now for the rest of the consuming audience, it's just for Zod Rider. That's it, just for you. And then and we get Venom to be brought back to life in a black suit. Oh, wait, Venom always wears a black suit. Never mind. <laughs> <Did> it- yes. <laughs> black suit edition. Redundant. Pow, pow. The, the redundant edition, because he's wearing black. <laughs> and now for the but, redundant but- cut. But um, the redundant cut. <laughs> onto some interesting casting. Like you were talking about um, DC and uh, and um, them just recasting normal names. But I gotta say, like this news coming out about this new Birds of Prey movie, I'm actually really, really excited about the casting um, of this. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and um, I'm not sure who Journey Smollett Bell is, but she's gonna be playing Black Canary. Elizabeth Mary Wedstead, one of my favorite hotties in Hollywood. She's going to be playing Huntress. And guess who they got to play the villain who is most likely going to be the Black Skull, oh. my favorite Batman villain. Oh, Hayden Christensen. Ewan motherfucking McGregor, bro. Yes, my second choice. Really? Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor is going to be playing most likely the Black Skull in the nice. Prey movie. Yeah, that's that. That's that is awesome. Wow, that's cool. See? Captain Kennedy, we want more <laughs> Ewan in well, us yeah. doing. See, that, that, see, that, see, now, one thing, you know, we haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned, you know, speaking of epic, we haven't mentioned how great that Best Friends movie was with Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero, Johnny. Well, that's a segue if I ever heard one, Johnny Alpha. Go for it. You talking about the the remake scene that they did from Dark Knight? That that is one of the most hysterical. No, no, no. I'm talking about the movie that they made together, Best Friends. You haven't seen it? No, not yet. Uh, that's out. Like, uh, yeah, dude, it's been out. For like, it's been out. No, it's been out for like a week. It's on iTunes. It's on all the streaming uh, services now, except. Uh, uh, it's not on like Netflix or anything, but it's on like Vudu and iTunes and all that. 
I'll have it's to pull out. it down because that that is totally up my alley. Because I did get to see the um the the reenactment of the Dark Knight scene with between Batman and the Joker in the holding cell, and oh my god, that was classic. That's one of the most beautiful. Not it's not even spoofed. Like Tommy did his best acting in it, and. You know what? I'd actually kind of like to see like a recut version of the movie with him instead of Ledger, just for shits and giggles. You know what I mean? Because just how much fun it was to see him. But don't talk to me like that. Like you're one of them. <laughs> oh, so good. Pow, pow. I'd so, buy yeah, that for a dollar. New Tommy Wiseau movie? I'm on it, man. Like Tommy yeah. Wiseau and, and Greg Sestero are in it. Greg Sestero wrote it, and they are doing, and there's actually a second part coming out later, uh, uh, Best Friends Part 2. So, so it's a two-part film. So after Nandy, pretty much anything you tell me about, I'm going to probably check out and watch that. Dude, so. dude, I'm telling you, you are going to love this, for I'm, real. I'm pretty sure I will. Cause I'm Come on, I'm, 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 I'll just give you a hint. Tommy Wiseau plays a mortician, and, uh, and Greg Sestero plays a drifter. Who is walking around with a walking around at the big beginning of the film, holding a cardboard sign saying, "I'm a I'm a time traveler and I need money to get home." Dude, that's epic. This movie, epic. this movie, this movie is epic. You gotta see it, dude. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I'm sold. I'm actually, I actually believe that Greg Sestero might actually be the real John Teeter. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either, to tell you the truth. Wow. It's not true. I didn't cremate the body. It's bullshit. I did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah, you see, it starts off. You see, uh, Tommy Wiseau pulling up in a hearse. For real, he's driving a hearse, Johnny. <laughs> Sold. I, 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 he might even be able to play the bad guy in the new Phantasm. I'm just trying to think of that creepy gargoyle-looking motherfucker driving the tall, a hearse. The tall guy? No. Yeah. Well, if he stays he the smug guy. Quiet, yeah, Mike. If he stays Boy. completely quiet and does hair white, maybe. Actually, I would like to see a Phantasm uh, remake. That would be interesting. Uh, yeah. I, well, considering the last Phantasm movie that they made, I'm not too. Uh, hey, oh, you say about so Rambo? bad. I'm a super- oh, it was good. No, it wasn't, Johnny. Dude, it looked no. like it had a lower budget than this new Tommy Wiseau, uh, Greg Sestero movie, man. I'm pretty sure it did. Like, I, I, like it had a lower budget than that. It looked like it had a lower budget than the original Phantasm in the 87. Oh, of course it did. Come on, bro. It, it, it was, Phantasm was from it, 77. Yeah. This new Phantasm movie, this last Phantasm movie, Ravager, whatever it was called, came, come, comes out. It was made with no money. It was At made... All. Just, just as like a fan film, pretty much. You're right. Film. It's worse than those Hellraiser uh, sequels. Yeah, with Henry yeah. Cavill. Oh no, dude! What did I tell you last show? Like that was actually <laughs> Henry Cavill's best acting I've ever seen. Like he should play losers that want to get laid by horror fan chicks more often because he's actually like legit and like kind of kind of connects with you. Well, that's probably how he how he acts in real life when he's, you know. I thought that's what Amy Adams was calling as Lois Lane in the last uh, Man of Steel movie. But anyway, go on. Well, um, is that all, all you guys got to say about Ewan McGregor playing the Black Skull, though? I mean, like, come on. I, that's think, like, that's, I think that's good stuff. No, that's epic, that dude. Awesome. Yeah. I want to see him fight Batman now, dude, because, like, Black Skull is, uh, like, my 
my favorite yeah. Batman villain because he's so funny. He always beats up his own goons and stuff, and he's always like beat, killing his own guys. Like I, I, I'm happy that he like this. The cast for this movie looks so cool, but I'm also kind of sad that I'm not going to get to see him like beat the shit out of Ben Affleck. Well, Batman. Well, see, Batman's been missing for two years. That's the plot of this film. So that's so it actually. I, I, I don't want to you know say anything here, but you know what? It kind of lines up with the Snyder cut. Uh, no, Batman dies in the next movie because I can't think of anything better than killing off the. No, hero. no, 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 no. Batman doesn't. Batman doesn't die. Okay, Batman gets gets zapped into another timeline by by uh by Dark Side's Omega beams, but it appears in the film that he died. Okay, Zack Snyder is being comic book accurate yeah, here. You people are, you people are, 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 are complaining about everything he does, but yet he's one of the most comic book accurate directors we've ever had. It's incredible. Yeah. What 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 comic book accurate is his Superman portrayal from? Because I've never seen Superman being a petulant. You could, you could little... take you could take the yeah. Superman. Watch it with the you dude, people stuff, dude. That that is that is okay. That is very very uh, that 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 kind of question right there makes no sense at all because there's been so many interpretations of Superman. You you're, you're talking about you, you people, you're, the you're, two you're, people here on the round table right now who do right, nothing but shit on Zack Snyder from pillar to post every single episode. It's ridiculous. I'm sick of hearing it. It's cr incredible. Like, like, I mean, he, every idea he has, oh, that sucks. Oh, that's bad. No, it's not. I would challenge either one of you to go and make a, make a better, make a better Superman story. Go write one. For real. Well, I okay, edited so, a better so, movie and, uh, and, uh, I did like it's 300. Yeah, but you still, you, you still, you, you still used Snyder's footage. So technically, you know, you're basically, you basically just rearranged some stuff that Snyder already came up with. There's still Snyder scenes. And some just Whedon scenes. And, uh, but I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. And, and I enjoyed 300. That writer, you do realize that the comic book accuracy you're, you're going on about is the end of Final Crisis and the death of Batman written by Grant Morrison, probably the most hated run of Batman and Justice Batman League in the past. Batman would not stay dead, though. That's the whole point. But, Batman's uh, death uh, is just an illusion. But my the, question to you is stupid. It's the same, it's it's the okay, same thing, dude. It's the same thing as Thanos. Did Thanos really kill all those Marvel characters, or did those Marvel characters all end up somewhere else? Come on, man. It's okay for Marvel to do it, but if Zack Snyder does it, then it's a, it's a, it's a bad it's a bad thing. But it's okay if Marvel does it. Yeah. What you're trying to say? Let's see. Uh, Iron Man was in nine films. Captain America was like in seven. We got to see these characters through like decades of films, and then they killed them off in 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 a scene at, at the in like movie number twenty eight out of the, the universe. Whereas Zack Snyder starts killing his heroes off in the second fucking film of his franchise. Like we're talking about completely different scenarios here, brother. Completely different. Like, why would you kill Superman not, off? Not really, because, see, Snyder had a five-film arc planned, 
which included, of course, Flashpoint, which was going to reboot the universe anyway. So technically, Snyder was going to get to do what he wanted to do, tell his story, and allow for the DCEU to continue branching from there. There was no reason for any of the shenanigans that we got. Zack Snyder's ideas were solid. The DCU would have been fine. And yes, Batman, Batman would have been killed temporarily, but so were half the Avengers at the end of Infinity War. So, so you know what? Whatever. The movie-going audience didn't seem to feel the same way. I mean, I'm glad that you got like 15 friends on Twitter that all agree with you, but like a majority of people don't like those movies, don't like the directions, and don't like those versions of the characters. That's why, like, he was get all those shenanigans got played. And yeah, dude, no matter what, when Warner Brothers looking across the stream, seeing what Disney's doing with their franchise, they're going to want to copy that. They're going to want their own universe. And the fact well, that like see, they want thing, to help them make they, it. Saw, they saw, they saw. Okay, here's the th- the thing that I find even more funny. They saw what happened with Infinity War, and that you know, Infinity War was a little bit darker than all the previous Marvel films. So Not they really turn around and say, "Well, you know what? We need to go back, and we need to be a little bit more edgier. So let's make this joke." movie that's technically going to be a prequel to uh let's have him do it yeah and again zach snyder's zach zach snyder's films could have been considered an elseworlders universe too just like christopher nolan's batman would be considered Elseworld. See, this is why I don't understand what, what all the what all the aggravation is about here these you know these directors have visions they want to do because- historical let their stories play out and, and and then move on. What's the difference? People have waited their entire lives to see these yeah! characters meet each other on film. There has been a huge, huge peop- amount of people that want to see a Justice League film. And they wanted to see a badass, fun, colorful, wonderful Justice League movie. They didn't want to see, oh, these guys, guys get together and bring Superman back to life and then they nothing happened. It's called, they got colorful. It's called Batman and Robin. And we saw how that turned out. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so no, that means that no. DC should never try to put levity in their movies ever again because one guy uh, not, levity, not levity to the level that that you get in some of these movies. See, you you don't want to turn them into a com, into complete farces just because people want to laugh at every movie they go to. I don't understand it. I'm not there was I really didn't find anything funny about Infinity War, did you? There were a few laughs here and there, but it wasn't like it was rammed down our throat like most Marvel movies. The point I'm making is now it seems like Marvel is going to go is going to go in the opposite direction and give us slightly darker films, whereas now DC is trying to go in the completely light camp direction with movies like Aquaman and such. So who knows? What well, is, oh, no, no, guys, 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 you both missing the point though. It, it, Marvel, yes, the the uh, you know the tradition has been to make you laugh a little bit, but they've always had scenes where are serious that are taken uh, with uh, you know levity, uh, scenes that are dramatic. Uh, they've balanced that out pretty well, which I think is what really resonated with the audience. Plus, a lot of it is based here on Earth. Which you know resonated there with the audience. It's mostly New York, and uh, that resonated with the audience well. But they've had so many movies to build up, build up, build up. As for DC, didn't have that time to build up. That's where the well, problem that's is. Fault, but see, any. 
Because well, you can't blame the director. No, for doing and I, the I don't. I, I blame the studio for not having that that guy in charge of you know putting a universe together properly from the outside, and they put too much stock in one director to lead too many movies in Zack Snyder. He should have done. His first two movies, Man of Steel and, and BVS, and then moved on and had somebody else take over for Justice League and other things. The problem is that Warner Brothers, DC, said, you know what, Zack Snyder, here, get the keys to the kingdom, you're the only guy, you know, and that's where they messed up because he's never been a director that has proven without a hundred percent of a doubt of a shadow that he can tell a cohesive story. He's made beautiful movies that had no depth to them. Daddy's done a lot. Even three hundred, which I liked, had very little character development. It was great because visually it was a phenomenal movie. Not because of the depth of character development. Now, while he did a lot of great directing there, it doesn't translate as well to the properties. Now, look, you're going to have detractors and fans on both sides here. Whether you're, and I love what he's done or I hate what he's done. The fact is, his movies underperformed. When you add Superman, Batman in a, in a movie, along with Wonder Woman, these movies should bank. And they didn't. And they didn't make money over and over again. And that's why we're in, at, where we are with Warner Brothers. It's that simple. Now, I understand you want your Snyder cut, but it's like it's a little too late to the game. So, you know, where Warner Brothers is going next, who the hell knows. But they still don't have a person in place that can run the show from the outside and say, okay, Director A has this movie and that movie. Director B has this and that. Director C has this and that. And really put a ship together that follows an overall narrative. Now, as far as crisscrossing and darkness and light, or humor and, and, you know, seriousness, Marvel has always kind of done that. They've always kind of had that balance in their movies. While they've been slightly funnier in some movies, like Thor Ragnarok, uh, they've also had you no know, moments where you're, you're like, damn, that's, that's kind of dramatic going out of place. And they've had a lot of that also. So, you, you know, you can't just say, well, you know, uh, Marvel has had nothing but, like, you know, common comedies, and that's it. Because that's not the case neither. So, what DC now is trying to do is they're trying to go from complete boredom and darkness and adding a little bit of that spice, so that humor. And DC fans are like, what is that? We're not used to that. Because jokes, and that's where, like, they're, you know, they're, they're not understanding that all they're doing is to try to balance, balance the, the ship the same way that Marvel's been doing the entire time. That is what people are not grasping. And, uh, look, I feel bad for Zack Snyder for what's happening with his, you know, what happened with his daughter. We, we've gone over that a billion times in the show here. It's sad. Uh, it's time to move on, though, if you're DC. Uh, it's time to move on from the Zack Snyder universe. It's time to, you know, just maybe start over, to be honest with you. And you don't even need to reboot Wonder Woman or even Aquaman if that works out. You can kind of, like, build on those two properties if you really want. It's all up to DC where they go next with their movies. Uh, I like the fact they're doing the Jerry Leto, uh, 
um, not Joker, I'm sorry, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Joker movie, that looks epic. Uh, The Batman, whatever that's going to end up being, it's not going to be with Ben Affleck, we know that. So we're moving on from that Batman, which I think that's a good sign. No more Henry Cavill, that's a good sign. This means DC is listening, not only to their wallets, but to the fans. Because the fans, from day one, didn't want Ben Affleck. They didn't want Henry Cavill. So finally, they're saying, all right, you know what? You've had your chance. The movies have not made money. We're moving on. So neither could or not. They're moving on. So let's just see what, what you know, happens next for them. But, man, this argument. And, uh, you know, back and forth, uh, it, it's tiresome week to week. You know, especially, well, who cares if Henry Cavill wore a black suit? What difference does that, does that make in the overall scheme of things? Who cares if there's a Zack Snyder cut? It's a little too late to the game now. That's like, you know. I still hope they put it out just for Zod's sake. Man. I, mean, yeah, like, but I really, I, just, I really do care about the guy. He's my good friend, and I, I, I support, yes. I support the thing for him. But at the end of the day, as a DC fan, as a person who actually like reads stuff like Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, and I read Batman, and I read like Lara Flex, and I read so many DC books, and I just see how much it's brimming with fun and positivity and like all these great stories they could be telling but they just aren't because some reason they just keep spewing these out and i i it may get it because i want to make because zack snyder is more of a a dark director like if he's gonna get it involved in something like this it's gonna be dark and and brooding look like uh sucker punch what was that it was a beautiful movie right but what was it dark right very dark it's pretty sexy well, yeah, no, you, you probably, you know, stroke it to the 80s on I that one. I don't stroke it, but, but, look, but I, I, nobody, I think it's a very yeah, good film, and it's got a very touching story. I, I wouldn't compare it to his DC movies. No, but I'm, I'm going with the overall look, scope, feel, the, the you know, the storyline. It's a very dark-themed movie, right? He's done a lot of that stuff. The, the zombie movie he made, that's dark. That's a little humor. It's actually totally hilarious, though. It's like one. That's probably one of the funniest movies ever made, in my opinion. Especially funny horror movies. That's just you, though. But again, it was written by James Gunn. But well, and he's a fucker. But whatever. The whole point is that uh, I think it was just too much on the shoulders of a man who wasn't ready for you know these kind of movies, and that's where DC failed. That's just my thing. Zod, look, man, I love you, bro. But uh, really, I mean, do we really need? For him to fail more? I think he's gone. I think he's, we pissed him off really bad this time. Zod! No, it looks like he's there. I think he's uh, pretty muted and he's talking. There's another side he's muted and he's like probably like giving me a lecture on his side. Yeah. Zod, are you with us? Are you with us, Zod Ryder? You've been hit by. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. You were hit by. I, I just, the sky I just, said, criminal. I just said, I must have been, I must have been muted. I, I just <laughs> said, oh, I just said, okay. I I'm not nailed here. that. Holy moly. Did I, did, did I, hey, 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 I know that you probably think I'm messing around, but did I not just say that? That he probably just got muted. Yeah, I was say he was probably muted. Yep. 
I, I was muted. I thought I was unmuted, but I was actually muted. So. Look at that. Fine, whatever, bitch. Now go ahead. Uh, give us uh, your thought there. No, that's fine. I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. I, I understand that. I'm not arguing that. It's like we uh, we all have different views about what what we want out of this out of this thing. And clearly, what I'm saying is clearly DC has and is moving on. So that's fine. You know, I look at it this way. I, I never I never said I was against DC moving on. I'm just saying, you know. Release the Snyder Cut so that we who enjoyed those films can have our closure or whatever, and you can do whatever you want to do. I've never had any problem with that. I'm a subscriber to their DC Universe streaming service, even though I own a good portion of that material. But hey, you know what? I'm going to be a DC supporter because I'm a DC fanboy. I've always loved DC, so that's fine. You know, whatever. I'm just, I just also happen to be a very strong Zack Snyder fan as well. Now, with this DC streaming, do, do you get, like, often new content, or how does that work? So, yeah, yeah, they put up new content. That You know, this is where all their new shows are going to be. Like, uh, I think next week is when the Titans show premieres, and they got Legion of Doom. They've got all kinds of new projects. they got some sort of Swamp Thing series and different things going to be popping up on on there, they've got most of the cartoons. They've got all the, you know, the Batman, the animated series, Brave and the Bold, all that stuff. Uh, a bunch of the movies and stuff. But if you're a big DC fan, you probably already own all these movies, which is one of the reasons why, you know, the ser- they they really need to open up the DC catalog and really put a lot of stuff on there to be able to justify it from month to month. That's just the way I look at it. But it's good. I was reading some new some new gods comic books this morning on my tablet when I woke up, so I was happy with that. I like their comic book selection. It looks like the comic books that they're allowing you to download and read, the selection is growing. And they say pretty soon you're going to be able to access the entire uh, DC Comics library, everything and everything they ever published. So it'll be it'll be interesting when that happens. To be like the Netflix for like DC Comics and stuff. So so that's kind of nice. So a while back, I heard cool. that they were talking about maybe a, a New Gods film. Is that is that still in yeah, kind of production? Still, that's, still in, that's still in development, as far as I. But I but we but we just haven't gotten any new news on it lately. And I and like I said, I I'm one of those people that was really surprised by the director that they chose for the job. The director uh, she had directed uh, the. A Wrinkle in Time, and that movie did horrible. So I'm, yeah, begin- no. so I'm beginning to wonder if maybe they, if maybe they decided with the result of A Wrinkle in Time to maybe not, maybe get another director because she really hasn't posted anything about New Gods since it was since it was announced that she's uh, going to be directing. So I don't know. Yeah, they better cast somebody good to play Forager. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and they better pl- cast somebody good to play Darkseid. That's all I care about. Cast. Uh, they're they're going to get Oscar Benjamin to play Darkseid. He no, looks like a no, 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 no. Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I'm going with Oscar <laughs> Benjamin. Oscar Benjamin for Darkseid. Come on. He's already, he's already dark, and he's already, you know, taking a side. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still gonna be writing into DC to hire Oscar, man. Be like, yo, man, give the, give the wolf a job. Let him play Dark Side or Dark Saeed, as he called him that one time. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he could play, maybe he could play Steppenwolf, because obviously they're gonna re, they'll probably reboot, uh, 
Steppenwolf yep. with the new guy's movie. They should. I mean, like, I, I like the character, but I mean, like, one of the things that really bugs me about the, the DC movies we've got so far is the way that all the villains look. I mean, they they, they all look the, like the same guy from from Suicide Squad to Wonder Woman to JLA. I mean, like, they all look like rejected bad guy, um, boss battle demons from Dark Souls games or something. They look like ugly, like bright, you know, dark. You know what it is also? And not only that, you know what it is also? It almost, especially with Steppenwolf, I don't know if you guys got this feel, but when he's interacting with the other live characters or with the, any of the other characters, he, he didn't have like that real feel, like that realism, like he's really in the room with the other characters. Like a lot of times when he's speaking, he's like he's speaking to nothingness. And it's more like he, right. it was more right. like, he it, it was more like he's looking into a green screen than the actors were. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's terrible. Like he, like I, I like, how I like Steppenwolf's original look the, from the pre. He looked much more menacing in his original look. He had much more. He just looked a lot scarier, yeah. creepier, looked- and he had more of a more of a new god's look. And he actually really, and he looked really, really good. He looked better on screen than the than the one that WB replaced him with later on. The yeah, original, I- the original look for Steppenwolf. Which of course, well, hopefully, would be what we would get if we ever get a Snyder cut. Was he the, the, ori- the original look is better. It, was it that is the one we so saw the, like the stills from, where he kind of looked like the prince from the evil prince from Voltron, basically, kind of, but like a realistic version of him. So I remember, yeah. like, that's what Stephen yeah. Wolf looked like. When, that's, that's what I expected when the film was coming out, and then when I saw him, I'm just like, dude, he just looks like the bad guy from Suicide Squad. Right. Right? He doesn't look like the right. prince from Voltron anymore. Right. They, they, you know, WB changed the look of the character. They wanted to make him look less scary. So they changed him up. They made they made him look they more... changed things. More, and it wasn't how he was supposed to be. Because the original look of him is just awesome. I mean, he has this real creepy, scary look. And honestly, the voice of the character could have been done very, very well, too. I don't know. I don't know what WB was thinking, man. They they destroyed they destroyed it themselves. I don't blame anybody but WB for what we got. I just hope that if they do a, a new God's movie, they trust the director enough to allow the director to make these characters the way that they should be depicted. Because word, because if this, yep. I hear a lot of people saying a lot of bad stuff about Aquaman, but there is one thing that still has me really hyped for that film, and that's the way Black Mana looks. Uh-huh. I mean, he looks. Perfect. I think you're going to say like, cocaine, but that too. Yeah, Black Manta and cocaine, they kind of go together pretty well. Like, yep. I don't think yeah. that. Other than that, no, much is uh, keeping me up for Aquaman. I have, look, I, I probably uh, watch that one. It's on the streamer, to be honest. I'm not I, excited at all. I don't know. I, I really enjoy Jason Momoa's time on screen in um in Justice League. Like him and Ezra Miller, they really, as horrible as that film was, at least I left kind of having positive feelings about those two actors and their characters. So if they, the Aquaman film, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and I'm going to expect at least a good, fun, stupid film. And I really hope that someday Ezra Miller will get a director to make his damn Flash movie finally, because he was definitely my favorite part of Justice League. Oh, and the, that, the, uh, Cyborg kid too, but he barely was in the films. Tragically, yeah. that's the oversimplification of like a tragic bad movie. Flash. 
Right, well, I'm posting it to you guys so you can see it. They actually posted on the uh, – it actually leaked online the uh, visual of how Steppenwolf is actually supposed to look. This is a this is a, a pre-render. And this is, this was leaked as well. This is one of the, un, was one of the unfinished, uh, Snyder cut effects. And, um, I'll put it on there for you guys to check it out. Oh boy. Stephen, oh, looks way better. Another kind of cool thing that kind of caught my eye when I was looking through the news. Um, this is kind of goes to Star Wars. Um, and I didn't know this. I was a, I'm a huge fan of this director, but at one point, I guess that, um, they actually called David Cronenberg and were interested in him directing Return of the Jedi. Like, did you guys know about that? And like, how, how do you feel about that? Are you guys friends, fans of David Cronenberg's? Oh, yeah. That would have been interesting to say the least. We don't or, know what Cronen, we don't know what Cronenberg would have done, but it definitely would have been a little bit more. I would say it would have been a little bit more dark, a little bit more edgy. There would have been more edginess between Luke and Vader and the Emperor. I think like it would have <laughs> a lot wow. more body horror. Like C three PO would like start rejecting his android body or something, like because Cronenberg loves his body horror. Yeah, especially yeah. in that era. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Well, with that said, gentlemen. It's time for the box office results. Woohoo! Let's go there. Let's see how far Predators dropped this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about a bad movie. There we go. All right, with that said, brought to you again by Box Office Report. Let's head boxofficereport.com with our good friend Daniel Garris. Everybody in line www.boxofficereport.com for all your latest box office news. Now, number 10 this week, if you want to check out White Boy Rick, go check that out about in 2 million now. And uh, this is what the uh, what, third week of release for White Boy Rick. And uh, dropping down from number 6. Shame on White Boy Rick with our good old friend Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. On a $29 million budget, it's been a total domestic of $21 million. So it's uh, halfway from turning a profit. I don't think it's going to get there. White Boy Rick, bombing. That's See, too bad. Yeah, you know, he's an actor who doesn't, he's a good actor, won an Oscar. But Matthew McConaughey, does not put people in seats. He'd say it. Look, good cast. Jennifer Jason Lee, Matthew McConaughey, Bruce Dern, all good actors. They, Hell yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a damn good cast. But they don't put people in seats. Never have, never will, but damn good actors. Now, 21 million domestically, nothing on the foreign side. It is what it is. But, you know, I, I want to check that out. It's, it's an independent film, so shout out to our independent, you know, friends and uh, directors who are trying to make a go at it. Number nine this week, uh, well, actually, that was, that was number nine. I skipped one. Number ten, Peppermint. My bad. Number ten, Peppermint, which we've talked about before here, right? Peppermint? No? You, I, you, you reminded me of it every time. Yep. It's got, like, some... Jennifer uh, Gardner. 
Yeah, yeah, never mind. It's yeah. not at the library yet. That's no, why. I'm no. Yeah, I'm not interested. Jennifer Gardner in an action film. Man, I see an Electra. That's all that has to say. It's about so anything. bad that I forgot to even mention it, and I just skipped right over it. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's on a $25 million budget, spreading worldwide uh, close to $40 million. Uh, so it's about ten million from breaking even. Thirty-three million of that is domestic. Six million are out of here numbers. Shout out to two point as we do every week. And uh, let's see, number eight this week. So we're back on schedule here. And um, number eight dropping from number four like a fly. The Predator. Oh, wow, it's already the eight. Yeah. <laughs> and there was four last week. It, it's on its third week of release. So. Dropping fast and a uh, 59% drop, by the way, gentlemen. Uh, 3.7 million this week. So, um, yeah, it's on uh, an $88 million budget. It's spreading domestically 47 million. Total, 160, 116 million. Close to that. It needs, uh, about 145, 150 to break even around there. I just have to say, I feel bad for Tom Jane. I mean, that guy can never win. Another, like, I bet you he signed on to this thinking, like, oh, finally, I'm going to have, like, another hit after the mist. And, like, it just it never can happen to poor, for poor Tom Jane, man. He's such a good actor, such a cool-ass dude. Well, Shane Sorry, Black, Tom. too. But, again, directors and actors who don't put people in seats. And, it's, you know, these are great actors, great directors. Look, well, everybody except for Jake Busey, who's in this movie. And... If, if there's ever a, a cast killer, it's Busey. <laughs> Come on, Jay wow. Busey was good wow. in both Point Break and um, Lethal Weapon, right? Like Gary had a couple good movies. Oh, and Silver Bullet. Back in the '80s, maybe Gary Busey had a couple good movies, but that that was the '80s, son, and it's been a long time since that. And Jake Busey, what was he good in? Maybe what Starship Troopers? Starship Troopers, The Frighteners. Um, and he was stop. good on that um, Dustal Dawn show, and he and played stop. Machine. And the Frighteners, he's barely in that shit. That's a Michael J. Fox original. Let's be honest, he's hardly in that movie. Like he's well, yeah, but he he, he did his part it. pretty good as like the crazy serial killer ghost. I mean, he was all right in it when he was in it. I wasn't saying like he starred in the motherfucker. I yeah, just saying, like he he took the George R. Binks of that movie. Like he's all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> he was in it though. We can uh, we can say that. Not a Busey fan. Sorry, guys. But anyway, um, 115 overall, Predator. It's time for them to like, stop making Predator movies. That's what I'm saying. It's just that time. Unless they start adapting the wonderful comic books that Dark Horse has been putting out for decades, which would make amazing films, but for some reason they never look at them. They always just like, let's just remake the, uh, the first movie, but this time let's put Yakuza guys in it. Or let's, it's like, dude, like, look at the comic books. Look at all the varied storylines that they've done with the Predators throughout the decades since Dark Horse has done Good it. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. But they never. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that franchise. I like the originals, but hey, beyond that, one or two, and you take the rest and stick them up. You know, you know the Yahoo. Anyway, moving on. Uh, number seven this week: The Crazy Rich Asians, spreading 4.1 million, dropping from number five last week on its seventh week of release. That movie is banked from a 30 million dollar budget to a 165 million dollar domestic. 
Man, that movie's a huge profit. Plus another extra $53 million from the foreign market for a worldwide total of $218 million. Again, on a $30 million budget after 60 it breaks even, guys. So Crazy Rich Asians has made Crazy Rich Bank. So congrats again. It goes out to John Chu, who nobody knew who the hell they really are. You know, he was uh, to put people in seats like this, but it worked. It's got a fan base. It's doing great box office. Love it. Haven't seen it. We'll see it. And, uh, guys, anything that's still crazy. As soon as it, soon as it hits, as soon as it hits the library, I'm there. Yeah. I'll check it out like Michelle Yeoh. A couple of my favorite actresses are up in there. So yeah, like that. It sounds like, it sounds like it's just as good as, uh, it sounds like it's just as good as uh, Joy Luck Club or Memoirs of a Geisha. So if it has if it has that kind of you know crossover like novel novel appeal from those books, I mean it it probably would be a good movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but like I said, I'm gonna wait till it comes to the library. Now, of course, gentlemen, yeah. bring your girls with uh, with you. Bring your uh, significant others, your better halves, your lady friends, uh, for you uh, <clears throat> LGBT community yet, folks. Uh, bring your transgender significant others, your pansexual <laughs> friends, whatever you have next to you, chimps, dimps, lamps, uh, you know, whatever. Transsexual friends. <laughs> whatever. Your hetero radio life mates, shout us to Alan. Uh, bring whoever you want, but, it, you know, support movies like this. This is good stuff, so moving on to the next one before I get myself thrown off the air on my own network. Uh, number six this week, Health Fest. New at the box office, uh, Hellfest. No, five million now for Lionsgate Films, first week of wow. release. Five million. The Lionsgate cool. horror, it could be great or it could be awful. You you got to take your you got to pick your battles when it comes to Lionsgate horror. I'll I'll definitely give it a watch when it hits the library. I'll tell you that for certain. I mean, I'm looking at you know some of the info on it. Uh, not an impressive cast, obviously, but five million on a five million dollar budget on its first week of release. It's sure to say this. It has a good chance of breaking even. So, and maybe you know, turning a small profit for an independent movie. Shout out to Gregory Plotkin, who is the director on this thing. Uh, some of the actors: Bex Taylor, Amy Force, uh, Rain Edwards. Tony Todd, shout out to him, of course, Candyman. Ooh, Ooh, Tony Todd, yeah. hell yeah. So the cast is not too bad, no, you know, that's not bad. Tony Todd is epic, you put him in anything, I'm sold. Scariest voice ever, man. That ever. motherfucker calls me in the middle of the night, just be like, do you know who this is? I'm like, no. Now, I have a question. Have neither one, either one of you seen that new Tales from the Hood Part 2? Have you have you seen it yet? No. I heard it finally no. came out. I want to see it, but I haven't seen okay, it yet. Okay, okay. Well, it's out, so if you guys have get you a seen chance, it, check it, it out. Yeah, I, I actually, I laughed a lot. Let's just put it that way. So it's a, <laughs> so it's a good follow-up to the first one. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Wait, is he, he is he in that? No, right. Is who in it? Tony is Todd. Tony Todd up in there? No, right. Whoever the original people were, it's like the it's like from the same from the same people as the original one. Oh, uh, yeah, because I don't think he was in that. But he he's been working, man. I've seen his IMDb page, and dude's been in a lot of work in the last couple of years. So shout out to Tony Todd. One I of read the today, creepiest. I read actors. today he really. 
he really wants to do a new Candyman movie with Jordan Peele. I don't know how that would work, Ooh. but since Tony Todd wants to play Candyman, directed by Jordan Peele, I'm like, fuck yeah, give it a shot. Dude, like, right, I'll watch. I'll invest in that project. Are you kidding me? I'm a hundred. If there's a if there's a Kickstarter, <laughs> the, bro, the best thing of Final Destination three and just about everything else it you know, the came out of that franchise where his little uh, clips in the first two also, where he comes in, his little cameo. I mean, I thought he was going to be the killer at the end of, you know, the first two movies, and it turned out not to be him, just death itself. Yay! But I thought that was going to be a vehicle for him, but he is an epic actor, and I love Tony Todd, and uh, anything he's uh, in, I'm in, so shout out to yeah. Tony. Uh, let's see, moving on. And the poster, by the way, for Hellfest looks pretty cool. It's, it looks very much like a throwback 80s horror movie poster that you would expect. So, Lionsgate might have a winner on their hands. I'm going to check it out and I'll let you folks know on next week. So, let's Hell see. yeah. Number five, The Nun. Jumping from number oh, three. God. Yes. Why is that still yeah. in the top five? That should have fell faster than Predator. Yes. Like that made, that movie made Predator look wonderful in my opinion. This week it brought in five million and it dropped down from uh and it's on week number four, by the way. The nun dropped down, let's see, it's uh man. Woo. A hundred million dollar domestic already on a twenty two million dollar budget. Foreign two hundred and twenty one million that means worldwide gentlemen, this movie's brought in three hundred and thirty million dollars. On a $22 million budget. That means he had $44 million and he broke even. Everything else is cream of the crop. That's a lot of cream on that crop for a bad cinematic universe. Just a bad movie. Well, 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 well the actual Conjuring movies are actually really good in my opinion, but their spinoffs are terrible. I mean, after Annabelle, I don't know why I even thought The Nun would be watchable, but... Worst movie I've ever seen went and saw my birthday. After maybe Hollow Man. Oh, wow. Terrible. <laughs> wow, you saw Hollow Man in theaters? Yeah, my birthday, like back in um, 2000. I don't remember when. Me and my best friend Jaime, we went and we got. I think it really came baked. out in 2000, I think. We got really baked. We went to the theaters. He picked a movie with Wesley Snaps called uh, Act of War. With, and then I, I picked Hollow Man. And they, both those movies sucked. And then we snuck in and saw um, Bring It On. And that was the best movie I saw that birthday. And I don't even like Bring It On, but it was the best movie I ended up seeing that birthday in theaters. Wow. I'm, yeah. Literally, I'm speechless, and the red is cooking. I don't know what the hell he's doing. But anyway, number four. He's yeah, he's doing some chili con queso. Number four this week, and that dropping from number two, we call it A Simple Favor by Landscape again with $6.6 million. And that's uh, on his third week of release, A Simple A Simple. It's how the Spanish just came out of me. A simple flavor. No. A simple <laughs> favor. A movie I would never watch because it has Paul Feig as the director and uh, Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively, Henry Gold, Ding, Ding Ling, Ding Dong. Ain't gonna watch this. So. <laughs> I, like Anna, I like Anna Kendrick though. She's cute. Yeah, but I, I just like Paul Feig. Block yeah, me no. on Twitter. You know, yeah. we, we got beef. Yeah, your 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 beef with Paul Fig means you won't be seeing no more Paul Fig movies. <laughs> Not that I ever did, but you know, forget him. He lost me a long time ago, amigo. Number three this week, dropping down from number one, the house with clocks in its walls. Best name for a movie this year, by the way. The house with a clock in its walls. 
That's my boy Eli Roth's movie. Even though it stars that ass clown Jack Black, I'm still like really yeah. happy that Eli Roth's movie is like doing really well. It almost reminds me of the Adam Sandler skit, like, you know, from one of his CDs, like, Oh, poo, play with your cock and balls for mama. <laughs> You're not playing with them, baby. Share, share with your brother. But it's sort of like cock and balls. we got the house with the clock in, in the walls, in its walls. And it's uh, about in 12 million this week on a second week of release. 12 million on, uh, and it was number one last week, so it did really well. It did well enough over the week. And a $42 million budget, 44 million intake so far domestically, 9 million on the foreign market, 53 worldwide. It's got some room to go before it reaches 84 million and breaks even. Yes, Jack Black is the leading actor. Eli Roth is the director. Kate Blanchett, again, good cast. Kyle McLaughlin. Ooh, Kyle McLaughlin's in there. Yeah, good cast. That's my boy. But they don't put people in seats. No, but I will watch any TV show called Twin Peaks with Kyle McLaughlin in it. I'll tell you that. Yes, good actor. But again, that's one of the main issues here. Uh, Let's see. Number number two this week, new at the box office, Smurfoot. A story of Donald Trump. I mean, no. <clears throat> no, he's got small hands. He's, I don't know about his feet. And that's number one uh, new this week. Or I say number two new this week. Small foot. $23 million, uh, first week of release. And uh, let's see. Uh, you guys heard anything about small foot? Is that like the land before time before time? I thought he was <laughs> little foot. Well, the I funny thing know. about that is Predator's still playing at my theater. But the sign for it says Smallfoot Predator, and actually, it actually cracks me up every time I see it. I was like, I just fucking see Predator with little tiny feet running around. By the small way, Predator. I'm pretty sure there are some registered Smallfoot Predators out there. Shame on you. And, that, and that'll probably be the next, the name of the next Predator movie that comes out, Smallfoot Predator, because yep. they're going to have to make the Predators into children because... The- or- <laughs> they could get Peter Dinklage to play the Predator, and then like, I, because I watch anything with Peter Dinklage in it, they, they said they said allow the asylum to do the movie. If you want to, if you want to go full on horror, there is one guy who watches movies at a library up in New York. He likes small foot people. He likes My Little Pony. Yeah, he, yes, he's a predator, and he will go perfect with this movie, Small Foot Predators. Anyway, and uh, this has uh, apparently no cast, because I'm looking at the uh, mojo, and I don't see nothing. But look, uh, they have announced a budget of a $23 million opening week, $50 million domestic, uh, I mean foreign, $23 million domestic, $38 million overall worldwide. We gotta see later on how much of uh, this has a budget and how much that budget is to judge if it's breaking even or not. So we'll tell you next week. But, uh, so far, Small Foot Predator opening up with 23 million, almost to that, really. And, uh, opening at number two because another new release and it stars that thespian of literature that Amazing actor of cinema, that gentleman's gentleman, with a twenty-eight million dollar movie to the dot is a twenty-eight zero 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 zero. So we can gross exactly twenty-eight million. That's right. New first week of release with that amazing, amazing literature actor, 
the one, the only Mr. Kevin Hart at the helm as the actor, and a movie that has nobody else in his uh, production, which is worth a damn. But Kevin Hart is in it, directed by Malcolm D. Lee. Yeah. 28 million. Anything that he touches turns to gold. Kevin Hart is the comedian of the time. Oh, it was told. 29 million dollar budget, but, but it went to 28, obviously. Uh, 5 million on the foreign market. That's 33 worldwide. Will it break even? For sure. I mean, it's Kevin Hart. Yeah. You know? And, uh, dude, his, his standalone movies, when he's not with The Rock, are usually really funny. I have a lot of fun with his <laughs> When stuff, he's not so. with The Rock. <laughs> his movies with The Rock suck worse than his solo films. That's just my opinion. But, you know, it's funny because uh, even the ones with The Rock, they, you know, he's not a, a blockbuster $250 million movie every time he's, you know, out there. But even, like, the smaller releases, like this one, they always turn a profit. So... I gotta give him props. I mean, the, the dude is the act, the comedian of the moment, you know. Look at some of his, uh, last few movies. Uh, Night School, 28 million. Term. That'll break even. He's an internal profit. Jumanji, 400 million. Lifetime gross. Say what you want to say. Made tons of cash. Uh, he was a voice in Captain Underpants. That made 33 million. Um, Secret Life of Pets. It's yeah, that's movie. that's the one I really liked him in where he was the evil white rabbit. He was hilarious yeah. in that shit, man. Central Intelligence, that made $120 million. He was hysterical in that. Uh, right Along 2 made $90 million. Get Hard made $90 million. The Wedding Ringer made $64 million. You, know, you, you say, well, that's not a whole lot, $64 million. Yeah, about a $20 million budget. Yeah. And no, I, I hear where you're coming from, and I like Kevin Hart. He's yeah. a funny little fucker. He, um, he, I've been a fan of his since Barbershop, pretty much. Since right, the first Barbershop. The first Right Along made $130 million on a $40 million. I mean, that, the dude makes money at the box office. Gotta give him his props. He is one of the hot comedians of the moment, and uh, I love his work, and I will be watching this movie. So there you go, guys. That is the Hell top yeah. 10 box office results for... You know, well, it's not September anymore. It's October. That's right, October first, two thousand eighteen. But it was September when we started, and that's October. So, yeah, it's September. That's my fault. Yeah, wow. I did it. Let's just say it's September thirtieth. All over again. <laughs> all over again until the end, which we have reached on the round table because it's the first. Time to go. Come here. Stay classy. Good night. Anyway, guys, that is the roundtable for the week. We'll be back next week with more hilarity. So tune in 10 p.m. Eastern right here live on PSN Radio. As usual, uh, go to our website, roundtableshow.com. That's www.roundtableshow.com for the podcast of this week's episode, which was live. And, uh, of course, the podcast is free, so you can go over there and download it, dissect it, listen to every word. If you don't understand every word that came out of my mouth, I'm sorry for that. I'm a little sick. But and If you can't understand the words that came out of my mouth this week, I am very sorry for my technical difficulties. They will not be happening again. Mr. Roboto, uh, Charles and Co-Cuts. And uh, uh, everybody listening, I thank you for joining us one more time here on the Roundtable Show. We'll be back next week with more fun stuff. By the way, look us up on Patreon, please. Patreon forward slash 
You know the drill, patreon.com forward slash PSN radio. You know, help us out over there. Help us out on, uh, well, help me out on patreon.com forward slash enjoy Spino. Look me up on there. Every dollar counts. Every Patreon is thank to the core. And as soon as we reach a certain plateau, we're going to start feeding you back all the promises that we make over on Patreon. So a uh, certain plateau being uh, at least 100 Patreons. So come on, let's pump up those two pages. Let's uh, help out the cause so we can keep pumping up these shows, man, and keep you all laughing. Laughing! At me, or Inside Rider, or Cold Cuts, or Johnny Alpha. With that said, that makes up the roundtable. Well, what are you promising on Patreon? Like, if we re- reach a certain amount of money, we get Tim Corbin and a lobotomy, or what? That we could do that. We could definitely do that. Wow. wow. And that's worth every penny. Guaranteed. <laughs> Till next time, gentlemen and ladies. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's of all shapes, sizes. <laughs> yes. Guys, the stream ship in libraries in New York. <laughs> Trans- <laughs> Transgenders Kathleen Kennedy's. Yes. She kind of looks like a tranny. Oh, did I just say that live on here? Yes, I did. Shout out to Cali Guy, Alex 2.0, everybody else listening. This is the Roundtable Show. Peace!